All right. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in, as always. Uh, this podcast is proudly brought to you by Order CBD. Uh, check them out on Instagram. Uh, I've got with me Ice from YKTR, uh, the big boss man. How are you, bro? Good, bro. Thanks for having me on. So I'm pumped to be here. Nah, that's good, man. Uh, first of all, do you want to introduce yourself, a wee bit of background and, and content for everybody else? Um, are you from New Zealand? Yeah, yeah bro. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. So I grew up in a small town called Tokoro, roughly about 10,000 people. Um, I had really great parents. My dad was always my football coach. My mom sort of pushed me towards education, so I had that really perfect balance and um, had ambitions to play league. I uh, was fortunate enough to do that, do that through the NRL and then kind of just transitioned into business a little bit later. So I've been here ever since. I uh, run a couple of brands, but probably more known for running for y, running YKTR. Yeah, bro. Sick. Um, first of all, how's, how's 75 hard going for you? Yeah, good. About five days in. Um, I've built out a pretty good system. So I've sort of learned within business and in life, if you don't have a great system or structure, it kind of falls apart. So I'm five days in, cruising through it, um, having a bit of fun as well. So I've got a strategy behind it, which I'll talk about. And um, I'm building an online course that's going to show you how I sort of build these types of things out and sort of the structure behind. And when I try and launch a new business, this is how I do it. So I've kind of learned a lot of lessons from business and I just apply that to a different area and it kind of works. It's just planning. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a lot better planner than I used to be. Yeah. Is it just staying on top, getting everything prepped for the next day sort of thing? Yeah. But you just sort of take out the chance of like a lot of people get in their own way. So they won't plan for the next day. So they'll like this morning it was like eight, eight degrees, which is like super cold here. That'd be like minus two back home. Yeah. And like if people don't, if they're not planned and ready to go, um, they'll sort of just stay in bed. So um, my whole week is planned out. I know exactly what I'm doing on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, where I'm training, where I'm doing yoga, where I'm going for a walk, who I'm going for a walk with. Um, I know exactly what I'm going to eat on these certain days. So it sort of takes out um, friction. So you, you want to get out of your own way and you do that by planning. So that's sort of the main emphasis behind it. Yeah. Atomic habit stuff, eh? Friction. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> Have a second, good stuff. Um, we'll talk about um, growing up in Tokoro, obviously a bit of a rough place. I mean, I'm, I'm from Nelson and Toke was like pretty, <laughs> pretty ghetto up there, you know, like, and uh, pretty white nah. middle class here in Nelson. So how was that, bro? Yeah, it was cool. It was cool. Um, obviously, your upbringing is just your upbringing. You sort of know no different. But you learn a, learn a lot of lessons from coming from a small town. And obviously, like with the social media right now, the world's become from like, massive place this tiny place and one of the things one of the things that my mum used to always say was like um, good news travels fast and bad news travels faster and I think with social media that's kind of the case right now um, but it's very like country sort of style town um, people got sort of values where like, this is the type of town it's like if you get jumped you kind of know where the guy lives so <laughs> the next day the boys will go around and knock on the door and go I'll, like come out the front and like see what happens so that's kind of the town it was um, I was sort of exposed to that style but i had really great parenting and i had a really safe household and a lot of my friends used to come over and stay the night so even though i saw it i wasn't like a part of it i wasn't like gang affiliated or anything like that um but i sort of talk about the story on the batuta advocate podcast where i was a ball boy when i was five years old and my uncle who was my coach he was he was part of the black power so yeah and he goes i'll go go to my car open the boot um and just wait there and I was remember waiting there and then like three of the boys come running around. They're all black pal. They flip open this um, mat and they pull out these baseball bats, bro. And oh, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. But it's kind of weird. Like you you kind of just, like, you just think that's normal. Yeah. Um, another yeah. sad part of that town, it used to have the highest youth suicide rate per capita. So that was like super sad. So um, I was talking about the other day where like it wasn't uncommon to sort of go to school and sort of say, 
someone's committed suicide. So it was kind of sad. So um, I was exposed to that stuff and I saw it, but in terms of my home life, I had this really stable home. So I was, I was very lucky. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, it's um, the whole suicide thing still is massive talking point here in New Zealand. Eh? Like it's, the stats are so horrendous, bro. It's, it's bad. Something's definitely got to change. Um, I was, sort of talked about this business idea of a couple mates who are in All Blacks now and uh, we want to build this business and off the back of that the mental health part is going to be a big play on that so um, the position I'm in and the skills I've got I really want to try and do something back for my community or in New Zealand in general so it's kind of the plan over the next five years. Yeah bro and it's definitely needed like you say like yourself and a couple of the ABs in there it's definitely what especially the youth of New Zealand need is, is guys that they can really look up to but they can also get that mental health stuff should they need it they've got uh got stuff yeah like being a, being an islander being an islander as well a lot of the times you kind of push towards like sports you know what i mean like oh like this is the only way out for you guys as well so hopefully um position i'm in like people can see me and go oh maybe i want to do business or maybe i want to do podcasting or entrepreneurship or anything like that so it's not so much about the options um of just being sports anymore so it's an exciting space to be in and it's an exciting time right now i feel yeah, bro, 100. I did want to talk to you about that, obviously, growing up. Um, was footy sort of the dream for you? Like, I hear a lot of people talk about it. Obviously, footy is the, the dream, but the way that you've gone into business as well, it's sort of was footy the dream for you, or do you reckon it was just something that was put on you because you were good at it that you should go play footy? Um, I just saw it as a way out. Like, yep. from a very young age, I just knew I didn't want to stay in my hometown. But my dad was always my football coach as well. And, like, we had a pretty good side growing up. And, like, they're always my best mates growing up. But um, I was never, like, when I was in my teen, early teenagers, like, all my mates started partying and, like, having sex and sort of stuff like that. I was sort of down just working on skills and, and like, kicking the ball in the park on my own because I saw that as my way out. And I, we had a group of guys that were a bit older than me, and I saw them having kids at like 14, 15, 16, and it really scared me, eh? So yeah. I just saw that as as me getting trapped in my hometown. I just kind of stayed away from that stuff. Um, but I just knew I wanted to get out, and I saw league as my only way. Yeah, for sure. I had like, yeah, My mom used to always say, like, if you don't work hard, you're going to end up in the bush like everyone else. So in my hometown, everyone works in the bush chopping down trees, or they work in Kinleaf, and, which is a mill where my dad's worked his whole life. And, um, like, I've never heard him talk exciting, like he never talks about work in a favorable way. Like yeah. he never sounded excited to go. He's always been a chef worker. So I think from a young age, I was very well aware of like, oh, I didn't want to do that. Even from a young, like five, six, seven, I used to tell my parents, I'm like, I'll be out of the house by the time I'm 15. Like, don't worry. Like shit like that. So yeah, I don't know. When I, when I when you ask those questions, I reflect back on those types of conversations that I used to have with my parents. So yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. There's not, not many sort of, 13, 14 year old kids are already sort of thinking past it, you know, lots of, like you say, everyone's just going, starting drinking, starting having sex. Mm. So it's starting to, like, his real, I don't know, some people just think real narrow minded. It's quite interesting to hear a 13, 14 year old kid always striving to be better. Yeah. And you, your brain's not developed. So you kind of just follow like trends as well. But yeah, like I said, I was kind of very well aware. Like, I didn't want to go, really want to go to uni, even though I'd done well in school. I didn't want to work, work in the mill. And I just forty was like my third option, so I kind of zoned in on that. Yeah, sure. I will get on to your footy career. When uh, when did you move out to Auckland to get in with the Warriors? Um, so my last year of school finished a little bit early to do a preseason with the full time squad. So I was seventeen. Um, so Ivan Cleary was a the coach there at the time. Had a really good preseason and sort of rolled into Premier League, which is like the grade below. Um, then rolled into twenties and then obviously got to debut a little bit later. So. I learned, learned a lot of great lessons about discipline and working within a team and all that sort of stuff that sort of set me up later in life. But 
man, it was a great experience. And I don't know, like I look back now and I don't really associate myself as just a league player. Like obviously photos come around and I remember playing the game, but it's kind of like I've left that part of my life behind. Like yeah. it's kind of like high school as well. Like, like high school was cool and I remember certain memories, but like I don't attach myself or my identity to that certain phase in their life. Yeah, sure. That's just me with football now. So it was great and I had great experiences and met some pretty cool people and like – um, obviously started YKTL, two of my best mates that I that I started like lived with during football. So man, plenty of cool lessons learned from it, but I don't really attach my identity to it anymore. Yeah, for sure. And then transitioning after footy, what did you have a plan? And like one thing I did want to ask you is do you think the NRL deals uh well with players that are leaving footy going into real life or and did you have a plan yourself? Uh no, nah, not really. I don't think um it's a two part conversation as well. Like is the NRL doing enough? Yes and no. Um are players doing enough? Yes and no as well. So I see it changing in the next ten years. I see the very U- USA style where it's like um an athlete sees himself as a business person and, and an entrepreneur. And you can see it starting to happen like a little bit now where there's they start to move like a little bit differently and think a little bit differently. And the conversations I'm having with athletes now are a lot different than they were five years ago. So um, yeah, like I didn't really have a plan. I just knew I didn't want to work for anyone else. Um, I had a base knowledge of, from books that I'd built up off the back of a lot of it was self-development and a lot of it was business. So I just like, when I used to talk here about business ideas, like, uh, Zane Robe was a big one, uh, Valley Eyewear, which is a eyewear company. And I used to hear stories about guys just going to LA on Wednesdays and popping over there for four days and doing some business deals and coming back like that sort of stuff excited me. And I've been able to do that sort of stuff now, but man, I don't know. Like when I started more thinking about more about business than I did about football, I just kind of knew it was my time to change. Yeah, for sure. And especially I hear you talk about like, say five years ago when you first started vlogging, sort of just leaving the NRL scene, see guys now like KP and and those guys really coming through, pushing their own uh, personal brand. It's pretty cool to see, eh? Yeah, I love it. I love it. And I think it's going to evolve like more and more. So the thing about football at the moment is very copy and paste. So like we all sort of dress similar, talk similar, um, chase the same girls or that sort of vibe where like so pe- people see YKTR right now so like a lot of the conversations I have with sports players are like oh like I want to start a clothing brand as well but I don't think like starting a clothing it's, um, like we've kind of got first movers advantage where like we we're kind of the first guys to do it so we've got more of the upside where I think the play is going to be something else um, there's a lot of alcohols coming out at the moment uh, proteins but I think guys should be thinking like a little bit more forward than that so it's going to be an interesting space over the next couple of years and um, I sort of looked at Barstool Sports, how they're sort of operating at the moment. Yeah. Um, I can definitely see YKTR Sports moving into sort of, um, I want to say player agent, but sort of like looking after their commercial deals or something like that, especially if we build a big network in and around us. So um, I want to be the sort of driver of that. I want to be a driver of financial IQ within the NRL community and sort of how they can brand themselves out to be, to make the transition into normal life a lot better. Yeah, the way, I, to be honest, like I prefer my life now 10 times more than what I was doing playing footy. Yeah, for sure. And the way that Barstool jumped on that NCAA stuff so quickly, man. He's ah, so He's got it, man. He's he's so cool. And then within like a literally two, three minutes of it, he had 10 people signed already. We don't know what we're going to do with you. We not, don't know what we're going to give you, but you you can be the first Barstool athlete. So he's, he's yeah, got it, a lot of the times I've ran our businesses like that, I've sort of come back from uh, my nan's funeral one time. I'm like, oh, fuck it, I'm going to start YKTR Sports and just figured it out along the way. So, um, but yeah, that, that was super exciting as well. And obviously it's a bigger market where they can do different things, but they've got a merch, they've got a apparel business that can get um, close to market pretty quick as well. So we're building that within our system underneath YKTR Sports. So I don't see it too far off, to be honest. 
our biggest issue right now is that players are assigned to like Adidas and Nike and they can provide boots for them as well. So, and we can't, we don't have boots. Um, so, but a lot of the players that are signed up, they say would rather rock YKTR than um, like say Puma, Nike, yeah. um, which is pretty cool to hear because the fabric, we hyper-focus in on fabric and try and do really cool things. But um, yeah, the boot thing is probably the bit of an issue. If they did want to work around it, maybe they just sign boot deals and do do collabs with us as well. So I don't know if we're in that spot right now, but I can see it moving that way. Yeah, for sure. If you were if you were picking one guy to sponsor from in the NRL at the moment, who would it be? Oh, Kalen, easily. Like what he plays for my favorite team. He's my favorite player. He's probably the most diverse in terms of artistic. Like he can take photos, he can film. Um, he's about 23, 24, so he appeals to that database as well. Probably Reese Walsh is probably another guy that's super interesting. He's about 18, 19. Um, he's probably got that 14 to 18 demographic and then probably the old aunties as well that are looking at him. So, uh, yeah, those types of guys. But KP would be my first cab off the rank. Yeah, he's he's just got it. Eh? And he's, I was talking to someone about it the other day. There's a couple of people and they've just got it. And it's like same thing with Bowden Barrett playing rugby. Like he's just so fucking cool. You know, and mm. KP is exactly the same. He's just he's just a cool dude. No matter what he does, no matter what he rocks, he's just he's just got it. Yeah, he can like walk around and bare feet at a market and like he jump on the field and the style of play is like, like it looks cool to watch, you know. I mean, some people just carry themselves different on the field, and he's got it. So, yeah, he's he'd be the guy I'd be chasing. Yeah, for sure. And I wanted to talk about the um, pre YKATR. You went into drop shipping or even, and I want to talk about the, the dog t shirts. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> talk talk one us through that. Lessons. One of the great lessons. Nah, it was kind of like when I look back at it now, it was me sort of identifying gaps in the market, which was like I used to just look on Instagram and just see girls with dogs. I was like. People making dog t-shirts. So it's, it sort of held me in good stead. But the best thing about it is I learned how to Facebook advertise. So, um, But the the other lesson I did learn from it is brand is more important than anything. So I used to sell like these drop shipping dog t-shirts and my demographic was actually in Texas. So between ladies of 40 and 50, that, that's just where my Facebook ads ended up. Yeah, And they were buying them. So I was just selling them to the random things. But the thing was, I used to hide behind this alias of a, of a female um, email customer service person. <laughs> and every time I'd reply to someone, bro, I always felt yuck. So I wasn't in it for long. Um, I think I was making like 150, maybe 200 bucks a day. Oh, fuck. Um, right. which is, yeah, which is all right. But yeah. then like, um, in my like in my stomach when I was replying, I like I just felt yuck. So, and I think when I moved into YKTR, whenever something fucked up, I'd always front the camera because I knew what it was like hiding behind a fake alias. So, um, that that was probably the biggest lesson I learned, and probably the other one was sort of identifying human patterns in, in terms of marketing. So it's had me in good stead. Uh, yeah, but yeah, sure. it's a bit of a giggle to look back on as well. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Every time I hear it, it cracks me up. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll talk about the early days of YKTR, how that how that all kicked off and um, how you three boys came up with the idea. Um, it was just fun. So me, Chico and Normie obviously lived together and very different people at the time. Like we were sort of 25, 26, playing football, had money, had time, and we used to just enjoy each other's company. But we sort of found as we started to travel around the world, so we would go to America and Texas and New York, like we always found people sort of congregating towards us. And we had a really great um, friendship where um, we could pay each other out, and it, but it didn't mean anything. So um, like people would come around us and like, oh, you can tell you guys are really good mates because like you say things direct, but it's all a bit of a giggle. So, but we used to just think, fuck, imagine people were filming us right now. Like, what would it like? like we live a pretty crazy life. We're sort of going into training and all the boys like, oh, what do you get up to on the weekend? And obviously we're a little bit younger, so we're getting up to no good. Um, but it's just like probably the 
big point was is like I was big into reading and and I was like, oh, like I really want to start a clothing company. And them two boys are like, just fuck it, let's just do it. So it was just sort of the confidence that them two gave me. And they also invested money in straight away. So we're like, fuck it, let's just have a crack. And no one else was really doing vlogging or, or taking photos or making clothes. Um, obviously, we're laughed at like from all the boys, like rugby league's pretty ruthless environment when you're trying to do anything outside the normal circles. So we just had a crack, bro. And um, I'm glad we did. Yeah, for sure. And how many, what was sort of the first order you did of, did you just go buy some blanks and chuck? <laughs> yeah, literally. So we brought like 20 t-shirts from our color, printed on them and like we were making them for like 17, 18, 19 bucks and we're selling them to the boys for like 25. Yeah. So me and Chico were at Penrith and we're like, oh boys, does anyone want to buy a t-shirt? Corey was going to Parramatta doing the same thing. So I think we sold like 20 to 30 shirts. I'm like, fuck it. We're on boys. We're, we're on to something big. So um, those little small ones were sort of encouragement for us to keep pushing and kind of just, we've done a couple of those really small types of drops and to order something from us, you had to email me. Like I didn't know what Shopify was. Like this is how like green I was to the sort of industry. And then we just kind of went from 20 to 50 to a hundred. And then we put together like our first collection um, and just try to launch from there and sort of grew and just learned some lessons from that. Yeah. So at that stage you weren't playing, you kind of were dropping out of the footy scene and starting to take it sort of seriously or are you still grinding at footy? Um, no, I was in my last year at Manly. I only signed a one-year deal, but I got injured both times. And probably the last time I got injured, I snapped my pack and I sort of said, oh, I'm over this. Like, And once I said it out loud, it was kind of like a weight off my shoulders. Um, so it sort of just dived into multiple businesses. YKTR was one of them. Dropshipping was another one. Um, had a small digital marketing agency that I was trying to kick off as well because uh, I knew how to run Facebook ads and do social media and stuff like that. But um yeah, I was trying to do multiple things, but sort of when I hyper-focused in on YKTRs, sort of when we started to grow like a little bit and like there was some like tough days, like I almost ended up like broke. Uh, my car, like my power got cut off, my car engine smashed, like all in the, all in the course of one month. Fuck. So it was, it was pretty crazy. Like I had no power, but I was trying to run an e-commerce business. So it was a bit of a giggle. Yeah. And how do you think those, those early days of um, all that adversity, how does that translate to you being a business owner now and sort of what did you learn from those tough times um it's kind of like those ones where like you know when your parents go oh like i was a kid once like you know <laughs> yeah you, you, those sort of stories so like anyone that sort of works for me like everything under this banner like i've done on my own and i used to do it all on my own like i used to do website development photo shoots um design product build websites everything on my own so um, when i start to delegate these roles out to staff members it's like sometimes they look at me like like <laughs> Like, oh, bro, I've done that shit. Like, I know I know what it's like. But um, you just learn, like, it's kind of like going for a preseason. Like, you have to go through that before you can get to round one. And if you can go through that thing, I feel like you can go through anything. So when COVID starts to hit, you're like, oh, I've been through worse than this. Um, I've ended up with no money. I've used to go to, like, supermarkets with coins in my hands. And this is after playing NRL football. So Crazy, that yeah. adjustment from being, like, an NRL player on six figures to, like, going to the supermarket with gold coins is um, like a humbling experience. So sure. it was weird. Like you're going around like going like, fuck, what can I buy for this? And it was basically like noodles, eggs, bread. That was my <laughs> diet, bro. Black coffee. Fuck, crazy. I did want to talk to you about COVID. How did that sort of change your your business? Obviously the fucking whole world shut down within sort of a month and it was like, fuck, what's everyone going to do? So how did you guys adapt to that and how did that change your whole business? 
Um, it was mad for us, to be honest. Like at the time, it was pretty scary coming in and go, all right, your wage is getting chopped in half. My wage is getting chopped in half. So it was the first time I had those types of conversations. But we actually pivoted off the back of it. So we changed a couple of our business models. We changed our whole supplier. Um, we realized that we were probably getting charged a lot more than we were supposed to. And I wouldn't have looked at it that if we hadn't gone through COVID. So um, it was mad for us. And like... I'm very mindful when I say that because I know a lot of people listen to this and a lot of people are small businesses and entrepreneurs and really struggled for it. But for us, it was really great. And the reason why, even early on, like when I was trying to build an online business, I wanted to build a business that could sustain those types of things. I always knew something was coming. I never knew it was going to be COVID, but there's always crashes in markets. And when you build a business that's sustainable only on yourself and, and like an online product, we have no physical stores. Subconsciously, I've always been planning for that as well because I yeah. knew something was going to happen. I just didn't know it was going to be to this extent. And to be honest, bro, we made more money in, in COVID than um, outside of it. So if you want to be fully transparent, we, we, we went well. Yeah, and that, and that's crazy to hear. Like you hear so many businesses, especially like you stay, say like retail stores, really, really struggling. And there's lots of, even you walk around town and, and Nelson here, like there's heaps of empty shops and, you know, people have really struggled. But to hear you guys have bounced back pretty well, it's, it's awesome to hear and like a lot of people have, a lot of people did kill it during COVID, but they just won't openly talk about it because obviously they're mindful of other businesses that are in like the situation as well. So a lot of people struggled and a lot of people out of business and then a lot of people killed it as well. So I'm sort of glad we're on this side. Yeah, for sure. And then sort of amongst that similar time, probably just before COVID, you kicked off YKTR Sports. What, what kind of brought about mm. that, that brainchild and, and how's, how's that going now? Um, yeah, it sort of started off as YKTR Media and it's built off the back of a pain point. Like media over here is very negative, especially around rugby league, and they always sort of try and find the most negative story. So um, the reason I sort of enjoyed watching basketball was I enjoyed everything in and around it, like the boys walking into the stadium, seeing what the boys eat, um, days off, like those types of vlogs. And there wasn't really that gap in the market. There was a gap in the market for that hair where news here is very much like gossip driven or scoreline driven or stat driven. It wasn't sort of the things I'm interested in. And when I say basketball is my favorite sport, I'll never sit down and watch a full game of basketball because I like sort of the culture and everything that comes in and around it. And I just thought there was a gap here in the market to build this. And um, that was sort of the start of it. Initially, we wanted to be very much like complex and um, Bleacher Report where we build like original shows which we are still going to do very much like sneaker shopping and, and hot yeah. wings um oh yeah. sorry is that what it's called yeah hot yeah. ones sorry yeah like those types of shows and then obviously with COVID hit we moved towards more podcast place based platform very much like barstool where we just sort of built it off internal characters like ourselves like myself scope um simi as well vintage jackson so we built it within and we were sort of talking about football but the topics in and around it in our own way where we're happy to swear um, and just stuff like that, stuff that was a little bit different than what people are used to seeing on TV. So that's sort of the model. Yeah, and that's the thing, like I've I've sort of tuned in, especially like the 18 to 35-year-old males who are into footy, but they don't want to hear the old guys talking about, oh, you know, it was tough in my day. And, you know, no yeah, one wants to hear about that no, shit. We, like you say, we want to see what KP's up to on the weekend or we want to see what those guys are doing outside of footy. And I think, like you say, something that NBA does really, really well is even like they're having the celebrity sideline, they're swapping jerseys and shit like that. Like that's so cool to yeah. our, our sort of era. Right? So like NRL, they'd ban – um, Penrith players playing 1-4 like music over there so the 1-4 is obviously the biggest drill rap over here and they support the Panthers I was like you should be marrying these worlds up so 
Um, there's a difference in opinion there, but I think it's going to change. Um, but you look at Fox Sports, no one there is under 38 to 40. Everyone's a lot older. And if you look at the Fox Sports lineup on their shows, like you have a show like NRL 360, complaining about the game, Controversy Corner, complaining about the game. All these types of media platforms are always complaining about the game. But when you build a show like Fox League, you have to make so much fucking content to fill up Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So it starts to dilute your content a lot as well. So, um, yeah, we're just going to build it in our own way, in our own channel. I'm not too sure what it's going to look like in a year or two because we've pivoted two, three times already. But um, I don't know. I'm happy to pivot quickly as well. Like I don't attach ourselves to a certain area or move somewhere else pretty quickly. But we've got us a pretty fucking loyal following as well. So, um, it's going to be cool. And I feel like we can do some really cool things and sort of the ultimate ethos off the back of YKTR sports is player to fan and fan to player. So we've got a great relationship with all the players at the moment. Um, so I think, I think this is going to break down pretty quickly. And a lot of the times it used to go like player media fan and with that media war at the front, they could dilute the message any way that they can. So yeah, sure. you see guys like Shawnee Johnson come out straight away and go, Oh no, these, these reports aren't true. And it just knocks it on the head straight away. So if they leave it for a while and leave it for the media, man, you get journalists going, oh, I have to come up with a story. So what's the best story I can come up with? And a lot of the times it doesn't have to be true. So um, we're going to break down that wall pretty quickly, I reckon. Yeah. And I think like you say, you guys have got such a loyal customer base and you have so much trust with the players themselves. It's, it's You guys are sort of in the perfect spot to, to marry it all together, which is pretty cool. Yeah, because we're not coming in with loaded questions. So like a lot of the times players get put on the spot and there's lights in front of them. And they'll ask a loaded question. They're expected to answer it straight away. So if we do a podcast with the boys, like we'll go, oh, boys, we're going to ask you some questions. But if you don't want that in the media, let us know. We'd pull it out. Yep. Where, say, traditional media, they'd, they'd find that one question where they're fucked up and that'll be the headline. So that's the difference. Yeah, for sure. And I wanted to touch on you. Obviously, you've, you've hired, what, three guys in the last sort of couple of months now. How is it? Um, how has your role changed at YKTR now that you're starting to get a, a bigger crew? And, and what is that starting to look like for you? Yeah, it's weird. It's honestly weird. Like um, sometimes I sit in the office and I look to the right and I'm like there's people out there and the balance is like half of them are my friends as well and then um, half of them are staff. So it's kind of trying to balance like manage um, friendships and work and work as well. So that's kind of been a really tricky thing for me. Um, naturally like being on my own a lot as well. So obviously you have to deal with a lot of people and like someone might be going for this on one day and then someone else another day. So um, it, it absorbs a lot of energy as well. But it's like a mostly been positive yeah. like 90 percent of this being positive uh we're better we're able to pump out a fuckload more content um there's less pressure on me to do those sort of tasky things as well so as you evolve as a business owner you're going to be on, on your business not in your business but um there's a lot of bigger decisions that i need to be making and really good staff helps me make those decisions a lot better with a clearer head so it's been mad it's been fun yeah sure i did want to talk about uh to you especially about caleb taking on um such a young fella how important was it to you to take on like a young gun? Obviously this he's what 18 or something. You could have hired any content creator you, you really could have wanted. And you took this young, young guy probably fresh out of school. How do you see him going in the next? Um, yeah, it's like, I don't know. No, no, you're good. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That you, oh, you go. Sorry. No, yeah. Um, yeah, I was just saying, like, how important is it to take on an 18-year-old kid and how do you sort of, not mould him, but how do you kind of guide him through? Oh, sorry, just cut off there. I, I get the gist of the question. Can you hear me properly? Yeah, bro. Yeah, you just froze there. No, are you okay. good now? Yeah. 
Um, yeah, like I just don't really care about age. Um, I don't care about qualifications. I'd be a hypocrite if I was going like, where's your qualifications? Because I don't have any as well. So um, yeah, he, he was just good. He was young. He was eager. He's still 17. Like he makes mistakes. Like yeah. he was meant to be at work today, but um, he didn't get the message. So he didn't rock up. So <laughs> um, those types of things you've got to learn. But um, I'm, I'm excited because it's come from a pretty tough situation. Um, he's rolled into a full-time job or full-time pay, but there's obviously expectations that come with that as well. But kind of want to develop him as a human. That's pretty important to me. So I've got him reading books. I'm teaching him about money, um, how to treat it, um, different bank account structures that I use. Just stuff like that, bro. Stuff that he wouldn't get in, in school or potentially from, from those people in and around him right now. So trying to remold that and just try and build a pretty cool human and, and really cool content creator as well. Yeah, for sure. That stuff he did for uh, Jordan's room. That was, that was sick. Um, yeah. I knew, I knew, yeah. yeah I'm sorry. Am I late or are you? I think um, KP uh, shouted uh, him out and that was, it was fucking pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So like, obviously I knew like, when I get to meet people, want to know a bit more about them. I think I'm naturally inquisitive like that. And he just always did KP was this guy. So um, I just, oh, bro, I'll get him to follow if you want. So just gave him a text and yeah, and almost crying. So pretty cool feeling. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, I know you're busy, bro. So I just got a, a couple of last questions. Um, I got one from Jimmy Ma from What A Lad. He said, um, if you were going to sell any other product apart from clothes, what would it be? Um, I'm pretty interested in the online uh, education space right now. So we live in the information age right now. So if you look at the course of history and life, like if you like follow it, whatever the age is, that's probably the best thing you should be selling. So information or knowledge is, is the place I'll be selling. And like I've got an online course right now. If you think about it, like if I sell an online course, you only have to build it once, but you can sell it a hundred times. Yeah. Where if you look at product space, so YKTR, for example, we have to buy the product and then market it and then sell it. So it's a different experience. So online services is, is one and then community. Sorry. Another one is community. So if you follow us over this next two, three weeks, you're going to see us dive heavily into community yeah. and there's a business model behind it, but it's ultimately about trying to provide a better fan experience as well. So pay attention. Yeah, for sure. I did want to touch on the blueprint quickly. Um, lockdown special one. Is it, who is it sort of generated at? Is it at podcasters, content, content creators, or is it mainly just business, small business? Um, anyone looking to start a business, anyone's got an idea that doesn't know how to do it, um, podcasting could work as well. I'm actually building a podcast online course pretty soon on how to monetize it properly and different ways you can do it as well. So it's more so someone that's like got a job, got an idea, but needs to learn how to execute that idea. So a lot, a lot of people see us go, oh, you know, footy players, you guys are going to be all right. Man, that's not how you build a business. And I had a guy come through last night and he goes, oh, the only reason you, you, you made it is because you know footy players. And I'm like, I'm telling you now, Facebook ads has built more businesses than football players have built businesses. Yeah, sure. So Facebook ads is a beast. If you don't know how to use it, you're going to get chewing up and spat it out. But if you do, you can fucking build a really great business. And if you know how to social media market, and this is what it teaches you all to do. So it's kind of like, and to be honest, but all this information is out there for free. Yeah. in the internet like if you went on YouTube and Google you'd be able to find it all everywhere but it's just condensed version of how I built YKTR yeah for sure um, is there any timeline for that podcasting course you're going to or are you still waiting um, so it's kind of like I'm 
this, uh, this podcast, this next thing is going to be called The Inner Circle, which is going to be, like I said, community-based. But within there already, there's a bunch, just like three or four modules with about six videos in there. And every month, we're going to be adding to it, adding to it. But then as part of The Inner Circle, you're going to be getting direct contact to me. So um, it's going to be like a WhatsApp group, but it's a little bit different. Like I won't be replying to everyone all this time, but say I go for a run and I have a random thought and I'll like jump on a video and talk about it or say I listen to a podcast. There's going to be a direct link to that as well. But also off the back of that, going to give a chance of like one-on-one consulting sessions and just build a really cool community, bro. It's going to be like the only fans of information. So that's what I'm trying to build next. That's gone. Exclusive. Sign me up. First time I talked about that publicly. Sign me up. (laughs) All right, bro. Um, So what's, what's next for you personally and, and YKTR? Uh, YKTR try and build the most trusted media platform and most entertaining platform in Australia and New Zealand. I'm from New Zealand, so I kind of gravitate towards that. Like that's interesting to me. Uh, For me, just trying to build multiple streams of revenue, try and build really great businesses and help people along the way, not only help staff in and around me, but people that that don't know me as well. So I kind of want to be that guy. I've got got heaps of dreams, bro. I want to be like the... Like we talked about player athletes and businesses. I want to be the guy that sort of drives that sort of narrative. I want to be the guy that drives a narrative of sports and fan, that direct contact where you take out that media war. I want to be that guy. I want to be the guy that's an Islander that's doing something different. That's not playing sports. So man, I've got, got heaps of dreams, man. Heaps of ideas. Now, sweet ass bro. The <laughs> last, the last question that I ask everybody uh, on the podcast, if you could give one piece of advice to an ordinary Kiwi, what would that one piece of advice be? Don't be ordinary. <laughs> thank you, my guy. Um, I know you're busy, so um, we'll cut it there. I uh, just want to thank you for your time, bro. You've, um, you're a big reason why I started my podcast, so I just want to shout you out. Your, your e-course helped me, so, yeah, I can't thank you enough, my guy. Thanks for having me on, man. You're a really great podcaster, so I look forward to seeing you in the future. Let's catch up in about a year or two. Yeah, bro, sounds good.